Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. All right, so emotions. We could talk about them forever and ever and still not have enough to say because they are the most complex part of being human and also the most complex part of human design. And we only have so many words in our sort of common English language to describe how many different kinds of emotional textures there are in the human experience. But one I really wanted to clear up because people have been asking me about this so much is how triggers are not part of the emotional wave. Um, the emotional wave, just to recap for people, is people who are emotionals live their whole entire life on this emotional wave where you either have like rose-colored sunglasses on or you're in the blues and anywhere in between. <clears throat> and emotionals, our lives are dictated and our moods are dictated by whatever wave is playing or whatever part of the wave we're in. And it has nothing to do with what's going on in the outside world. And it's the opposite for non-emotional. So non-emotionals, they're a blank canvas. Their natural state is always cool, calm and collected. And then when stuff happens to them, they sort of like micro um, feel every part of it and it expands in them. And so they feel it 10 times more than what's going on in the outside world. So they magnify the external emotions. And that could be from people around you and it also can be from situations that are happening to you. Whereas if you're emotional like me, it's actually really nothing to do. And this is the trip, is that it's really nothing to do with what's going on in the outside world. And if you're in a good mood, you are gonna look to the outside world to attribute where that's coming from. But it's really not um, got a cause in anything else other than life has just put you on um, a good mood today and so everything in your life outside of you is going to seem like it's making you be in a good mood but it's not all right so in the background you either have that wave happening or you have that kind of neutral blank slate frequency going on and will you tell people before you jump in how do they find out which one they are so in the app it will tell you what your authority is if your authority is emotional you are an emotional if your authority is gut, sacral, splenic, ego, any other thing, that means you're non-emotional. But also in your chart, in the app, it will say how your emotions function as a separate um, topic in your chart. And it will say you're either emotional or non-emotional. So we tried to make it extremely easy so that um, we really understand this piece. But I also think that at the moment, there's so many people who are working on healing and coming back into a state of peace in themselves and growth. And a big part of that is, you know, working through maybe traumas and triggers and all those sorts of things. And they come with some kind of emotional charge a lot of the time. 
So what I really wanted to explain today is that something triggering you is conditioning. It's from your past. It's from an old memory of something that happened to you. It's not necessarily that um, it's innate. And you know the difference between a reaction and a trigger because a trigger almost puts you in that fight, flight, or freeze where you kind of realize that you're having a disproportionate reaction to something because it's bringing you into an old story. For example, like um, if you have a story that you don't get respected, people could do the tiniest thing to you and it would re-trigger that story of, see, people don't respect me. I knew this was true. I was living in fear that I might be stupid and this is just giving me the evidence. And that's what causes this sort of like, all hands on deck inside you know every single like thing inside you gets on team and starts to try to battle it or try to fight it or try to get into this protection mode right so that's a trigger now that has an emotional charge to it but that charge is not to do with um the natural wave right so that's a big part of the deconditioning process is to understand that the emotional charge of a trigger is coming from a memory or a thought, whereas the emotions that come from the solar plexus center, right, the emotional center inside your chart, are coming literally generated without the use of the mind, right? They're happening in the body. They're not happening because a thought has created them. So I really want people to understand this because I think a lot of emotionals, when we get triggered, think, oh, that's just my emotional wave. And then we blame it on the wave. And then we don't, it stops us from actually understanding the wave properly. So I know this is like a slightly more nerdy and technical concept, but I really want people to understand that you are not your triggers and your triggers are not an innate part of who you came here to be. They are actually the things that you're supposed to work through. And what's interesting to add another layer to it is that you are going to pick the specific triggers that you need as a human in order to help you clean certain personal lies so that you can come into the positive expression of those lies. So for example, why are you triggered by one thing, whereas that is nothing on me, like it doesn't bother me at all? Because you are supposed to work through that thing in order to whatever that theme is, um, master it, and it's supposed to be an important part of who you are. So for example, I have a trigger about um, being disturbed, okay? I'm a 2-4. The 2 in me wants to... You have um, a 2-4 profile in case anyone Yes, my 2-4, my, exactly. My, my profile is a 2-4. And a 2, when you have a 2 in your profile, how you come to a mastery or flow or knowledge or wisdom, how you get into your gifts is actually a very unconscious process. You can't force it to happen. It just kind of happens when you give it the free time and space to kind of do its thing. And so when you have a two in your profile, feeling like that flow, which you don't even know when you're in it, is getting interrupted, is very irritating to you because it gets you out of that state. So how that creates a trigger is I'm always, I always get disturbed or people always asking me for things or people are always in the way or you know, and so on and so forth. And it has different flavors. <clears throat> so 
someone interrupting you wouldn't even bother you because you're not even supposed to come here to reframe that as part of you becoming who you are. Right. No one on the outside or no situation on the outside is triggering to you if it doesn't press on a belief that you already believe about yourself. So if I don't believe that I always get interrupted, then no one can, I can't ever get that feeling of being interrupted from the outside world. Similarly, because um, also in another part of my chart, my main uh, gift is gift 19, and that's the gift of sensitivity. And so um, you know that story, the princess and the pea. That 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 yeah, all, yeah, yeah. that story is that that's how that's the gift of my life, but it's also the biggest bugbear. And that's one of the things about um, you know your biggest gift is also transformed into your biggest negative expression, your biggest weakness. So for me, um, as a child, I often had a shadow about being too sensitive, and what that meant. It meant like I couldn't keep up with others. It meant I couldn't be. Um, you know, just doing things that other people were doing, which would always mean I was left out and so on and so forth. And so um, if the smallest thing changes, that can still be uh, triggering to me inside, right? It still sends me into a panic mode or sends me into a scare because I'm like, see, I told you this world is inconvenient for me and I'm never going to be able to fit into it and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Whereas you, okay, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything if it just doesn't, the, the flavor doesn't exist in my reality. Whereas as you're talking to probably one of my biggest ones is I have um, my incarnation cross or life theme is the cross of explanation. So I'm supposed to be understood with clarity. And therefore, the like, b I've grown up feeling like I'm misunderstood because I've been misusing those things properly. Or I've been yeah, I've been misusing those gifts. And so I come, I kind of get this fear that people think I'm stupid because they misunderstand me. And so that's totally created by the misuse of those. And here's what's really interesting is that this is where the self-responsibility comes back in. It's exactly what you said, right? So instead of, and we can do a lot of like reframing and forgiving and understanding from the outside and whatever, but if you are using that part of you correctly, then that story can't exist. So you said, oh, I wasn't explaining myself properly. And that's why people weren't explaining my, me. Uh, people weren't understanding me. me. Yeah. And that's how you heal it. So it's actually about you cultivating something in yourself and using that gift with more um, harmony within yourself that changes the outside world. If you can imagine that the outside world is just um, the game the perfect coming together of colors and shapes and situations that the universe creates has prompts for you to transform something else in you then of course it's not about well just get rid of people who don't understand you it's like well let me see first if I can make sure that my side of the street is even more correct even more clean and then let me see if I don't change anything in my outside world and yet my outside world changes without me even having to directly address that because the outside world just reflects what's going on inside. So inside is always the first place that you look. And it's always a place to say, you know what? Maybe people aren't understanding me because I'm not explaining myself correctly. You know, maybe people are interrupting me because I need to communicate better that I'm in my unconscious process and not feel so guilty about that. Right. Maybe I need to not feel guilty that I'm not a one in my profile, meaning I'm 
you know, researching and finding and going down rabbit holes or a three experimenting a lot. Like maybe I just need to become okay with having that time and space and not feeling guilty about it. Right. And communicating it properly and owning it. Those are my inner work. So it's always coming back to you. And I find that even though it's scary, it's also very reassuring because it means that you always have the um, ability and always have the capability and the wherewithal to change something about the outside. Because a lot of the time, I think people, we get resigned to these stories of like, oh, um, people just think I'm dumb. That means that they, that they, you know, aren't spiritual or they aren't my people. The way that human design comes at it is a different thing. And it's much more empowering, which is the more responsibility you take, the more power you have. And the outside world has to, because of the laws of physics, um, shapeshift according to what's going on inside you. And so if you just focus on, even if it's only 5% of something you can change about this theme or this topic inside you, then that's going to be the thing that brings you the peace and reassurance. Otherwise, you spend the rest of your life just moving pieces in the outside, hoping that that trigger will go away, but the trigger is always going to be inside you know, there's that saying of wherever you go, there you are, you know, so you can take all the vacations in the world, but you're still going to run up against the same things because the universe isn't going to let you off the hook because it wants you, it cares about you too much. It wants you to be free. It wants you to come into the best expression of yourself. And so it's not about, I can't be around my kids. It's not about, you know, my job hates me. And that's why when a lot of people ask us about, I'm in a job I hate. How do I start coming into my gifts or my design? Wherever you are, you start to the capacity that you can. And so it's not about the perfect job coming along today. It's actually that the perfect job will come along to the extent that you've already realized that the perfect situation of your current moment is set up for the next, you doing the 0.1 flexing your real self, your gifts in today more than you did yesterday. And that's when the universe will say, oh, she's more ready for her perfect job than she was yesterday because she's not blaming the outside as the cause for her limitation. She's showing up and maxing herself out even with these limitations. And that's how the magic starts. So you could say that triggers are not the emotional wave, but triggers are part of our curriculum for becoming who we came here to be. So my question here is, if you're in an emotional high or emotional low as an emotional, would you react more emotionally to triggers? So <clears throat> what's really interesting is that I said this to uh, someone else yesterday. If you are in a high everything that is normally a trigger is way less likely to get to you. If you're in the if you're in the high, high, high peak of your wave, everything is going to be la-di-da, everything is going to be wonderful, everything is going to whatever. If you're in a down, the smallest things that don't normally annoy you will annoy you or trigger you. I wouldn't say trigger, they will just get you more down and you will blame those things as the cause for you being down or you will blame or you will attribute those things as the reasons for you being high. But the thing is, you were happy already. You were down already. And you were just not letting that come out 
until your conditioning as an emotional is it has to come from the outside. And so you allowed yourself, you allowed your wave to fully pop off either to the up or to the down because of that outside. So you were waiting for something in your life to happen in order to almost give you permission to let that emotion come out of you. Whereas actually what we want to do is let the emotion come out of us anyway um, and understand that it really isn't anything happening on the outside world. Now, a trigger, interestingly enough, the best place where you can have a trigger is when you are in a cool, calm and collected state. So the middle part of your wave. And also you need to understand that if you are in a down, you want to not have stories about things that trigger you. You want to wait 24 hours, revisit that thing that triggered you or that caused you to be down or annoyed or whatever. That you think caused you to be down. Yes. And see if it still does. And if it still causes that <clears throat> inside you, you know, that feeling. Um, I also would say, and this is extremely important to point out, anger, fear, frustration, disappointment, those are feelings, but they're not part of the emotional wave. The emotional wave is just moods. So a mood is like a happy, happy mood. Everything's amazing. Life is wonderful. Or it's like anything from there all the way down to, oh my God, I'm so, you know, not into yeah. anything. It's not it's not a reaction, right? A feeling of anger, a feeling of fear, a feeling of anxiety. Those are um, feelings, but they're not emotions. They're not moods. So it's really important to distinguish between th those things because, for example, anxiety has a lot to do with the splenic center, and that's where a lot of anxieties live. Fear, um, again, can come from conditioning and lives as a negative part of every single gift. When you are not flexing any gift, there's a negative expression of that gift. So unless we are iterating it in the positive way, we can iterate it in the negative way. And it's usually because we've plugged fear into that trait that we have. We're sitting on a trait. The trait's going to come out either way. And so we are either consciously using it to turn it into a gift or we're um, coming at it from lack, from lack of self-belief, from there's not enough, from there's I need to compete with people. It's Things are never going to work out for me. And when we apply that consciousness to any gift, we're using it in the wrong way. And that's when it um, controls us. That's when it has a hold over us that makes us smaller in our becoming rather than expand into our becoming. It doesn't allow us to grow. Um, so I think that's also such an important distinction for people to understand is that those are not coming from emotions. They are feelings. Um, so what, what I would say to people, my advice is if you're emotional, anything you think is a trigger, don't try to analyze it or sort it out or anything in the moment. Don't forget for emotional people, there's no clarity in the now. So we have to give things time to, um, settle. And actually that's us realigning with divine timing because in those states where we are cool, calm and collected is the exact perfect time we're supposed to. We address those things that are triggers. And I say this a lot to emotionals, which is buy yourself time. You know, if you're in an argument, can you give me 24 hours? Can we sleep on it? Even with emails, like I'll get back to you tomorrow. Let me think about it. And with non-emotionals, they do the opposite of what we do. So 
a lot of the time where emotionals are looking for the outside for the cause. Non-emotionals are going, what did I just do? What did I just say? Why am I in a bad mood? What's, you know, what's my part in it? Whereas actually they need to look to the outside world for the cause. And so in the moment you can play detective and be like, hmm, what did someone just say that made me have a thought that made me then have this triggered feeling or reaction to something and actually being able to get non-emotional about that trigger in the moment is your salvation it's like you can just take the charge straight out by playing detective and that's what gives you the clarity and the um, aha on knowing that trigger deeper and you know triggers they come in they they come in themes and cycles so something that's a trigger for you it's not like all of a sudden you're going to have different triggers in 10 years because you've worked through this one. It's that this one is a an accompaniment that will always present in your life in different forms, in different levels. So you might have different um, themes of under, being understood, right? As life goes on, you'll clean this one in a different level or present itself. But it becomes a companion that over time you'll be like, oh, I know you. Here you are again. You're here to help me. I'm here to transform you deeper. This is life giving me this um, reminder that there's another um, level up of feeling more understood or another um, sort of uh, area of feeling understood or feeling heard or feeling seen that I now have graduated to now that I've sort of, you know, overcome the the bottom layer, the base layer of, of being understood, for example, and you just refine and refine as you go along. So it's beautiful because the more you are aware of the themes of your triggers, and resigning yourself almost to those always being your ones, then that's when you kind of make friends with them and make peace with the fact that them reoccurring and coming back to you over and over again doesn't mean that you are bad or that you failed at working through them. It's just like that's always going to be the dark side of your essence. And this is a really good illustration of how differently we process life from each other. So for example, I'm a non-emotional and Jenna is an emotional. So I'm he what I'm hearing you say is that I'll get triggered by things. And because I'm non-emotional and I my life is not colored by my wave, I'm able to instantaneously process that. And it's actually better for me to not get mired and kind of concoct emotions around these things. It's better for me to get clear in my neutral state, look at the trigger for what it is, the 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 almost response in my body that things are causing without my emotions getting in the way. But then also for you, would you say that your system in the way that you need to process things, like you almost, like let's say the same trigger is coming to you in an emotional high, in an emotional low, and in a neutral state. Is it because it's necessary for you to process life in a way that you feel it at both ends of those spectrums before you come to a neutral state and can feel how you really feel about it? I don't think you necessarily always need to go through the up and the down of the wave. But yeah, a lot of the times you, um, let's say, for example, something triggers you or a trigger comes up when you're in a good mood. Okay. For an emotional or for a non-emotional? For an emotional. Okay. When I'm in a when I'm in a high of that wave, right? Um, something will come to me and I'll be like, oh, it's not a big deal. Actually, if I think about it and the next day I'm like, wow, that really was a big deal. That really did affect me more than I realized in the, at the time. 
that's the time when you get to process something and it can almost in a delayed way trigger you just thinking about it from the place where you're from the place where you're neutral again why was I not more annoyed about that thing you know like how many times <laughs> I've done that or why did I not stand up for myself in that moment like why did I think that was a was okay and actually I'm very freaking mad about it or something right whereas you know how you feel about that thing in your real as your real self plus with the conditioning on it in the moment so you can go I should be more mad about this this is not okay I'm feeling triggered or I should not get you know whatever because I know this is my old thing about being understood or whatever so question here then since I'm non-emotional if I have, like, let's say I was raised by an emotional mother, mm -hmm. can I have almost conditioning of the emotional wave where I will react to something in a way, like emotionally, in a way that maybe my mom, I uh, perceived mm -hmm. my mom to react to something. So I might actually not be experiencing clarity in the now, even though I'm supposed to be because I've been conditioned by my mother's emotional wave. Absolutely. And I want people to know that they don't even need to, you know, dissect their parents' charts to understand this. I want people to know that this information will lead you back to what's correct for you. So for you, I would say, or anyone who's in your situation, trust that you know in the moment yeah. and practice knowing in the moment like ask yourself in real time say to yourself okay next time this comes up I'm going to have a conversation with myself and I'm going to say hold on Taylor is it, is I know mine? this answer or this isn't mine or whatever it is now often also it's worth noting that non-emotionals often especially in women can feel like the most emotionally reactive people. Because think about it, you're feeling what's coming at you, you're magnifying it by 25 or five or two, whatever it is, and feeling it so much more deeply than the emotional that you're with is feeling it. And right. so that's another layer that comes onto it is that, hold on a second, this is not mine, this is not mine, this is me, uh, how do I say this? Getting intel on the situation in a pronounced way so that I really get it. So that I can really have a read on what's going on, because if it's so much more stretched out in me, I can really feel into all the different pieces that people who are emotional kind of can't because we're feeling it in a smaller way. So even if there wasn't, you know, OK, well, where are you getting this from? It's from seeing your mother be this way. Right. Because you're non-emotional, you have to almost go through this feeling of being so emotionally reactive because that is your not self. That's not who you really are. Right. And again, that's pushing you. That's a, that's, a, that's a part of something that you do that isn't aligned for you because it is pushing you into the alignment of who you came here to be, which is the opposite, right? So the not self is custom made for each of us to make sure that we actually stay in the self, <laughs> Right. So basically, that's why you always say to non-emotionals to let the emotions kind of pass through us almost. What do you say? Observe, not absorb, because when we absorb, we can end up making like emotionally triggered responses. We can attach emotionally triggered responses to things. And that's when we do get triggered in an emotional way and we can't get the clarity. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a trigger will make you feel feeling. So that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's not that you're never supposed to feel stuff. It's that you are a blank canvas. And so your kind of default state is cool, calm and collected. It's very neutral. And it's difficult because I think we live in a world which tells us that neutrality is boring. You know, we live in a world that conditions all of us to always front like we're so happy, clappy and up and, you know, happiness is the only thing that makes us acceptable or lovable to other people. So with non-emotionals, they really have to hold on to like, no, my clarity, my wisdom, my alignment is not getting addicted to other people's emotions and riding high on life. It's fun to dip in and dip out when you know what you're doing. But honestly, to preserve that neutral state is that's where your peace actually is. And you don't know until you start to live there. You don't know that you actually prefer it until you start to spend more time in it than than in the other place. And so it's okay to have involuntary uh, charged reactions to things because, again, that's part of the human experience. But it's also not okay to ride high off of other people's ups or downs. So even knowing how your emotions function, so when because when you're saying not riding too as for a non-emotional, not riding too high on those emotions me staying in that neutral state and realizing that I really enjoy it is almost kind of what settles me in my system. It makes me feel safe in my own system. Whereas when an emotional understands that these emotions are just always going to be present, they actually can settle in calmly to those emotional states. And they aren't necessarily always this just jarring experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And this is what's so amazing and it just never ceases to amaze me how incredible the peace of letting yourself be the way you are and how the conditioning is messing all of us up because right now there's just one message of you feel at peace when this or this is how to get to happiness right whereas when you accept the dare of a lifetime to Make peace with how you are innately is also how you will will feel happiness, also how you will enjoy being you the most. You take away all this fighting against your nature and then you give your nature a chance to see how it's actually very wise and it knows what it's doing and it knows how to drive this car much better than your mind does. And so the emotions for me the emotional wave doesn't have a hold over me anymore because I'm not always trying to make it something it's not. I know, okay, well, if I wake up in and down today, that's beautiful. I can feel into that melancholy. I'm not then needing to create a narrative about this means I'm bad or what happened to make me feel this way or did I not sleep enough or did I, you know, was it... It takes away all that noise I get to be with what is. I then give those downs an opportunity to give me the things that they were meant to give me. For example, I've now learned that I get a lot of inspiration from my downs. I get a lot of empathy from my downs. I get a lot of um, ideas. I um, get an opportunity to practice being so kind to myself, right? It softens me like nothing else. When I'm in a high, I'm not always that soft, right? I'm bright, I'm shiny. But when I'm down, I'm soft, I'm inwards, I'm all these different things. And of course, it depends on the kind of wave you have. And again, everyone can experience those sensations, 
right? There's another thing, sensations, feelings, and emotions. They're all different. <laughs> all different. And so, and so instead of trying to fight life, I advocate for my nature, just like you advocate and you preserve that feeling of peace and you resist the temptation to be any other way. So the more and more time goes on and there's these shiny carrots of like, go and ride off of other people's highs or, you know, um, try to get away from people when they're down. Then you learn, oh, I actually prefer, and I didn't even know until I gave it a chance, I actually prefer being neutral. And just kind of tasting emotions. You get So the same way that you feel like you can gather inspiration when you're in your lows and you're like leaning into that wave to me just letting things pass into me is this experience that I get to dance in and I'm just tasting it and it I, I'm gathering data about what it's like to be a human and have emotions and it's just kind of deepening my understanding of reality basically mm. and you know everyone's wave will do different things for them so you know someone else's down might give them I don't know an outlet for their anger or it's so different and I would also look about um your not self in your chart right because your not self is either bitterness anger frustration or disappointment and I would really look at that because that is a different mechanism that everyone experiences that's the feeling that you experience when you're out of alignment and so to get really intimately familiar with what your not self is is really helpful because then you don't confuse that with an emotion the not self is that like, oh, you're out of alignment. So as a generator, when you feel frustrated, that's because you aren't doing enough things that are lighting you up. You're making yourself be overextended into things you think you should do. You're trying to make other people happy over the cost of prioritizing your enjoy. For example, that is a separate kind of mechanism that runs parallel to the, to the emotions. And also, for example, me saying I get inspired when I'm in my emotional low also has to do with the fact that I have an open inspiration center, an open head. Um, we all have different ways of getting these different things, but they all interplay with each other in such intricate ways. So don't even listen to the way Taylor and I are understanding the way our waves kick off different things in us because it will be different from you and you can find it out for yourself when you just say, okay, I'm just gonna flex this more often. I'm gonna give this a shot without needing to decide how it's going to look or feel yet, but it's worth spending my life on something this worthy, right? Rather than always trying to be the way that the world is telling me to be, I may as well just dip my toe in. I can always go back to my old ways because my old ways, I'm very familiar with them. So they ain't going anywhere. I'm not losing that much. Something that might be fun to do together just because like you say, just because I have this experience and you have this experience doesn't mean everyone's going to, everyone that's a non-emotional, everyone that's an emotional is going to have that same experience. So maybe go listen to your, in your chart, if you scroll all the way down, it'll say how my emotions function. Go listen to that section, maybe every day this week and try to see and spot your version of it in your life. Mm, that's really good because you do hear it differently every single time. And as your consciousness grows, you pick up a different resonance with it. And that's why I want people to know this because I don't think we've ever talked about this before, but every word in the app is so intentional and it is crafted to hit you at different layers and to have different meaning depending on how deep you go, because we really wanted to cover 
people who are schooled readers and the person who's not even interested in, you know, yoga. <laughs> um, and so we, we, there's, there's sort of this like coded magic inside the way everything is written. Every word is chosen, every frequency. Um, so it really is the gift that keeps on giving when you revisit your chart. And so many people who do that are like, oh my God, I just didn't understand it this way last year. And now I do, or I just did, redid this. And I, or someone will say to me, I've listened to this 90 times for the last three months, you know, <clears throat> every day. And it's so powerful to just work on one thing in such a devoted way about you. So if you feel like you want to work on emotions, like just focus on emotions and do the transforming discomfort meditation inside the app on the homepage or do the um, emptying out small um, exercise which is also um I think it's in is it in tune-ups basically if you go to the home page and you scroll down you'll see a couple sliders of images and one of them's titled meditations if you scroll over you'll see the emptying out meditation and the tune-ups just so people know is a is a new section we've just introduced which is not really meditations but they're more walking you through things so if you have a trigger or if you need to empty your emotions out or if you need to set the tone for the day, if you need to, it's like the the practical application of doing these changes in your real life, like today, like let's just make it so grounded and not esoteric and woo-woo. Um, okay, if you need to set the tone for your day, just play set the tone for your day and it just gives you the um, that mind frame and helps you walk yourself through that mind frame of, of actually changing something so that you know you can set the tone for your day and so I think the the main message here and also the main message that's really coming up at the moment in the world's energy is that it's so much more powerful to pull all of your energy and focus back in and really get clear on what is one thing that you really life is either presenting you over and over again or something that really means a lot to you to change in yourself. Um, I think a lot of the time, even the spiritual industry can pull us and pull our focus in many different directions. So it's like, you need to work on your triggers and you need to calm your nervous system and you need to work on your trauma and you need to, you know, learn about this and you need to, and so we don't even know what the why is behind what it is we're doing with all of this stuff. So, to really bring it back to the answer is always my consciousness. The answer is always me mastering myself rather than all these things that life is telling me I have to tick the boxes of. So you're so much more powerful if you call all of that energy back that you're kind of leaking and giving over to everyone else's agenda and really say, you know what, I want to just work on my emotions and that will remunerate. Or I just want to um, understand this one trigger of mine. And that's going to be my, my decision, my intention. It's you that has the power. And this is where knowing yourself is absolutely necessary. And also the amount of change you will create is dependent on how much you know yourself and dependent on how much it's your choice rather than the world choosing it for you, including us, right? Including um, anybody else on Instagram that's saying the key to you know, success is a balanced nervous system. Is it? Maybe it is for you, but maybe the key to success is also 
using your main gift in the way that it needs to be. So we have to get rid of these tropes that we're trapping ourselves with right now and just say, you know what, what's coming up for me and what's something I'm really going to apply myself and, and work on, like create the, the program for myself or the curriculum for myself and put this, um, this kind of powerful, I'm deciding that I'm going to do this rather than I'm doing this because everyone else is pulling me in these different directions. And so this is where the chart really comes in handy, but so does all the tips inside the app that are related to different parts of your chart. So does doing these ask for what you want meditation, which is five minutes every single day and how much that's going to help you clarify what you want, putting your intention behind something rather than just doing it because we think it is going to give us results because everyone else tells us it's going to give us results or because we're told that that's the thing that's going to finally solve our problem. Well, what is your problem? What is the source of your discomfort? What do you think this thing is going to give you? What are you hoping to get out of something, right? Um, a lot of the times we're just on this like roundabout of looking for outside solutions without really being clear on, well, I, I want to get rid of what is my pain point? What is, I'm, what is it that I'm hoping is going to happen when I do all of this? So because the energy in the world is so airy right now, it's so ungrounded, but it's also so full of promise because it's being ungrounded. It means we can fly. We have to really call back that sense of I'm steering the ship. I know where I want to go. I know what I want to be free of. And we can only answer those two questions when we know ourselves well. Otherwise, you know, there's a saying, if you're not paying, you're the one being sold. It's the same thing. It's like, if I'm buying into this person's ideas of how life should work, I'm leaking the potential and the possibility of me deciding how my life works. And it's only from that place that we will ever feel true fulfillment, that we will ever feel sovereignty. And so... Anything else is just delaying you from getting to that place. And that's what really matters to all of us now. And we all feel it and we all know it. So all I'm doing is just reconfirming what you secretly kind of knew inside. And now just need to give yourself permission to understand that you have the ability to make that choice. It's already there. You wouldn't be hearing this now if you weren't like bursting at the seams to just make that decision. And it's our time. 